Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Welcome back to the One Voice Podcast. Mary and I are here with a friend that I have had friendship with for, oh my gosh, Allie Marie Smith. Has it been 15 years? I think I spoke at your conference in 2008. Uh, It was called Worthy. I think it was 2006, girl. Six. Yeah, so we're going on, what is that, 14, 15 years of friendship? That's a lot of years. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. That is a really long time. I mean, that was before kids for me. But anyways, it's so good to see you again. You have always just been such a wonderful friend to me. We've we've just tried to do ministry together for so many years. I think because you and I, we were both young little 20-somethings trying to go out on our Uh own. Trying to do ministry, speaking, like leading conferences. And I didn't know anyone else that was really doing that at my age, except for you. And I don't know about you, but probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. But here we are still doing the thing. And then you are now a moody author, as am I. And yes. it's just so exciting to see our paths cross again. So welcome to the One Voice podcast. We are just adult- delighted to have you and to talk about your new book, Wonderfully Made, Discover the Identity, Love, and Worth You Were Created For. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so glad to be with here with you, Nicole and Mary. Good. Well, um, I would love to, in our time together, to dive into a little bit about your book, um, your story, sort of what led you to write the book and all the things. But um, I want to just kind of start out talking about Wonderfully Made. I mean, that's where you and I first met. You were starting this ministry. I was starting One Voice. You were starting Wonderfully Made. I was somewhere in the Midwest. No one knows. But you were in California. And um, tell us a little bit about that ministry, kind of where it started and then how it's grown over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's pretty amazing how our pain can be turned into purpose. And so, Nicole, just like with you and your story and and your life mission and passion and starting one voice um came out of pain uh wonderfully yeah. made was really birthed out of a very painful season and really experiences in my own life mm-hmm. um and so i guess i'll start with my story a little bit cuz that's that's really what led us into becoming a an organization ministries. So I grew up in Silicon Valley, Bay Area, always been a California girl. Mm-hmm. Um, little girl, I was probably much like you, Nicole, tomboy, always playing sports, um, always outside. Sports were really my source of confidence. I had a good family. Um, but I was alone a lot. And really around the age of 12, I started like my confidence began to fade. And I, I started to experience these uninvited feelings of loneliness, unworthiness, insecurity, shame. And it didn't really add up for me. Um, you know, had, had a great life and opportunities. And, uh, so I went into high school that way and, 
I was my own worst enemy. I was so hard on myself. I was highly perfectionistic, um, set really unrealistic goals for myself. I was really, really kind to everybody else, but really harsh on myself. Mm. Mm. And, um, I see your mental health as very complex and a culmination of many, many layers. And so my story has looked like a family history of mental challenges. Um, It's looked like my personality being prone to negative thinking, uh, perfectionistic, and it's been, was hormonal. There were stressors, um, a lot of changes, um, brain developing, becoming an adult. Um, and so what happened is the first time I, I had, um, thoughts of ending my life. I can remember driving home from a Friday night after a football game and partying. Um, I was sober, but I was driving home. And as I was getting off the off ramp, I was, um, I would just have this thought, what if I were to just crash my car into this off ramp right now? Mm. And so the depression was getting worse and worse and worse. And what happened is two weeks after I graduated high school, summa cum laude, no one ever would have thought about the internal battle that was going on within me. Um, Two weeks after I found myself in a very deep and a very dark and a debilitating depression. And it was so bad. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't talk. My body was alive, but there is, there was no life within me. So I was admitted to the psychiatric hospital. I remember packing my bags and believing I would never, ever make it out of those four walls. Mm-hmm. And I was put on antidepressants, sent home three days later. I'll give you an idea of how broken <laughs> our mental health system is. Um, promised the doctor I would not hurt myself. Um, basically lied to him so I could get out and just be done mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it really, um, it's been a long journey, um, starting at the age of 18 with, um, pretty serious mental health challenges on a gloomy June day. I grabbed my car keys, snuck out of the house and headed off to the Golden Gate Bridge with intention to end my life by jumping off. And I really tell the story of how, God intervened and thwarted my plans that day in the opening of my book. Um, and so it's really by God's grace that I'm here. And, um, so that was the beginning of, of many setbacks of, of multiple hospitalizations, um, at 18, again, at 21, even one in my thirties. And so after it was really in the hospital, I was hospitalized the second time that year that I graduated. I tried to go to college on the East coast, 3000 miles away. And Mm. the stress was just so overwhelming. I just fell back into depression, but it was really, really, really hard and confusing and scary. And Um, my brain was not well, it was, it was not well. My dad had to fly out, bring me home. I was readmitted to the hospital Mm -hmm. and, um, put on medication, um, people of faith in my family's life began praying for me. And I asked for a Bible and it was there that as broken, as broken as I could be and everything that I placed my identity and my value worth from, 
my athletic performance, my um, educational accomplishments, my parents, all of that was taken from me. But the beautiful thing is I was so broken that I experienced the transformative love of God that loved me at my broken places. And mm-hmm. it was there in the hospital that I, my relationship with God really became the first thing in my life. And as a woman saying amazing grace in the hospital chapel, I said a whispered prayer and, and just said, God, I give my life to you. Um, and since that day, I've never been the same since I have really experienced hard times with my mental health since. And so after that, I'll, I'll just go into how wonderfully made started. I was my, yeah, it was like, I was, <laughs> I was living in black and white. And after that, after really coming to faith and having that transform me and understanding my true worth, mm-hmm. um, that it really only comes from God. It changed me. And I saw my friends experiencing eating disorders. Um, they've experienced sexual abuse, promiscuity, um, abusive relationships. And I looked around and I saw that there was a common thread that we didn't know our worth. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where our worth came from. And we had put it in things in counterfeit identities, things that wouldn't last. And so I became so passionate about what I was learning about God and my true identity, my true purpose. And so I wanted to share it with all my friends. And one day I was reading (laughs) Psalm 139. It was the very first time I just started reading the Bible. And I came across that verse where the psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And what that prayer really means is, as praising God for the miracle of our existence, for the miracle of our life and agreeing with God that what he has created, that we have been created with love and wonder, fearfully, meaning reverently, lovingly and wonderfully made that we're not here by accident. And so that, as soon as I read that Psalm, I knew that was going to be the name of something. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was really the beginning of all at probably the age of 20. Mm-hmm. So here we are, I think next year is like the official year. We're going to ter- um, celebrate our 20th anniversary. Um, mm-hmm. so we have grown to ministry that has reached hundreds of thousands of young women, moms, mentors, teen girls through our multimedia content, through our, over 15 young women's conferences and retreats, um, short films that we have produced, podcasts. And so here we are today. And I Mm. think that our organization is needed more than ever. Um, The CDC recently reported that one in three teen girls in 2021 Mm. were seriously contemplating committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, three out of five girls felt persistently sad and hopeless. And on top of that, girls have been experiencing more instances of violence, sexual assault, abuse, rape, bullying, Mm -hmm. and teen girls and young women are really living in this godless culture that tells them their identity, their value, and their worth comes from their appearance, their social media following, and their accomplishments. And many of them have never had the questions. They've they've never 
understood why they're here, what they're here for, what the purpose of their lives are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they're contending with the toxicity of social media that is Mm. truly making girls sick. Mm. Um, From 2010 to 2015, the suicide rate among, I believe that includes attempts, um, a rate among teen girls skyrocketed from 2010 to 2015. It skyrocketed 65 percent with the onset of smartphones and social media. Mm. And so and and we thought is, it was hard when we were growing up. Oh, you know what I mean? It was like so hard. We didn't have any of those pressures mm-hmm. or like you said, the toxicity of social media, just, just, just stripping our value and, and putting it somewhere <laughs> completely different and dark. And to think mm-hmm. of how hard it was just growing up when we were young. And now all of that, I mean, those statistics don't even surprise me, sadly. I just think so much about, gosh, the youngsters that are growing up now, especially young girls and where they're looking and 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 where they're trying to find value and friendship and and just fighting for their lives. And then I think about you, you know, and, and that bridge and it just breaks my heart so much, Allie. And I just want to, first of all, say thank you. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it out loud. You know, I think so many of us and especially our listeners, you know, we've gone through hell (laughs) and we've been trying to survive all these years. We survived the horrible trauma, whether it was abuse or whatever. And and then we've we've survived the ways we've had to cope, which many of them were trying to take our lives as well. Um, But -hmm. just to be able to hear someone else say, you know, I've had those thoughts and I'm still here, or I took those horrible mm-hmm. steps and I'm still here, or I did this or I did that. Mm-hmm. And yet I am still here and I'm still fighting and that you can now say that, you know, that you have value and that you want to instill that in the lives of other young girls. It's so empowering to me. One of my favorite, I was reading your book, um, over the last few days. And one of my favorite parts is in a chapter called made to bloom. And you said some of the loveliest women I've met are women who've endured harsh seasons, but by inviting Jesus into the painful parts of their journey, they've emerged strong and beautiful. And you talked about, you know, instead of growing better and and hard hearted, you know, allowing God to really put the fruit of the spirit into your life and, and blooming um, just like, um, how, you know, certain flowers can really with withstand winter and harsh seasons. It's such a beautiful picture of truly what it means to understand your worth. It's like, can we survive this hard thing? Because we know that there's going to be a morning. This hard night will end. And I know because I've been here before that there will be a morning. The sun will rise again and I will feel different and things will get better or God will bring someone wonderful along my path or I'll have a breakthrough in therapy or whatever it is. Um, But to be able to withstand the storm and I feel like you're doing that. And, you know, it's hard when we have to do it over and over. Um, with multiple things. Um, Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about what that's meant to you? And honestly, I would love if you felt um, willing for you to talk about some of the hardest parts of healing. You've shared with us some of the hardest parts um, of your teen years, but healing is not easy either. You don't just turn the light bulb on. Someone gives you a Bible and now verse slaps on every little hard thing. Healing's still hard too. And I wonder what does that look like for you? 
maybe some of the highs and the lows of the healing journey? Sure. Well, I know you'll agree with this statement that healing is hard and it's holy work. Mm -hmm, And you're right. It takes time. It takes time. And for my story, it's not like I only came apart once. Yeah. Um, I have have experienced multiple. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's not like, okay, one and done. Right. I mean, I've experienced multiple. Yeah. 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 And that's what I thought when I was 18, you know, I came to, I, I, I gave my life to God. And when the depression returned when I was 21 in college and it was so bad and I felt abandoned by God mm. and I made a terrible decision. And it's by God's grace, I'm still here. You know, I didn't understand that in this life, regardless of what you believe, or if you are a follower of Jesus or not, that we're going to experience really, really hard times. And it doesn't mean we're only going to experience them, them once. And so my journey, um, I do have, you know, what a doctor would say, a mental health diagnosis. I don't share that because a diagnosis is, is not my identity. I'm not a list of symptoms. Our struggles, whether it's overcoming a traumatic childhood of abuse, of sexual assault, of rape, those struggles, that trauma is never our identity. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not defined by those things. We're defined by the love of a God that loves us at our worst and refuses to leave us there and to Mm -hmm. mend the most broken parts of our lives. And in his time, put us back even more beautifully than we could have before we came apart. And I talk about that art of Kintsugi in the book, um, that process of breaking and, and coming and done and how the, the potter in, in that form of Japanese pottery takes all the pieces and mends them together and using a gold lacquer creates this new piece of pottery that is actually stronger and more resilient and more beautiful than it was even before it came undone. And so to get back to your question about what my healing journey has looked like, it's been hard and messy and full of setbacks Mm -hmm. and detours. And I will say that today by God's grace through a lot of really hard, barren winter seasons by his grace, I am, I am blooming. I am thriving I have never felt stronger mentally, physically, spiritually than I ever have in my life. And, you know, sometimes in our lives, we experience that healing, that redemption. And for some of us, you know, we might experience it a little bit, but we can believe that one day, every one of our tears is going to be wiped away, that every injustice is going to be made right. And that our pain will be turned into purpose. Um, so for me, that healing journey has been multi-layered. Um, I honestly have not done a lot of counseling for the things that I've been through. Um, I didn't think for many, many years, really until recently, um, that the things that I went through were traumatic because I thought, you know, I grew up in a good home. My parents were married. Um, I got to go to good schools. I thought, I thought I did not have any trauma in my life. And, and, you know, sometimes we dismiss 
the things that we've been through, or we compare what we've been through to what someone else has been through and trauma is trauma. And you cannot compare your trauma to anyone else's. And I just recent, recent years, I'm like, no, I have experienced a lot of trauma, big T trauma, little T trauma. Mm. Um, I open up really authentically in my book because I know I was supposed to, I, I, I did not want other young women to feel alone. And so Mm. another part of my story that really did play into the mental health struggles I experienced was at the age of 17. And I really haven't shared this much publicly. I don't, I don't talk a lot about this. Um, but I know your community here at one voice, I know your community of, uh, I know this is a safe community and that we heal when we share our stories. And when we share our stories, we, that shame begins to lift and we feel less alone. Yeah. And so at the age of 17, I, um, I thought as a sophomore, I was like, if I just go to this perfect school and I, I, um, am a star player on the university soccer team and, you know, it's all going to be like East coast preppy, like division one football, like partying. This is all, all that I had in my mind. And so I really wanted to go to this school. Cause I thought, I thought if I got in, my life was going to be perfect and I was going to be happy. Well, that certainly wasn't true, but the summer after my junior year, I went there for a summer program. It was a six week program and I was so set on getting straight A's. I got straight A's in college classes. I was training every day on my own for soccer. Um, and one day I walked into the cafeteria, just minding my own business and felt this guy's eyes on me and, um, you know, I was young, I was insecure and I got this attention of the star football player at division one college. And when he invited me to his dorm room, I innocently thought that, um, he just wanted to get to know me that, um, maybe he wanted to start dating and he wanted to learn about who I am. And, um, I was sexually assaulted and nearly, nearly raped. Mm -hmm. And I, by the grace of God, got out of there. Um, But for so many years, I didn't think that, I didn't think that mattered. I didn't, until recently, Mm -hmm. I realized that's a part of my story. That left me so full of shame, feeling Mm -hmm. objective, uh, objectified, used, violated, as I know so many of your listeners can relate to. And so Nicole, when you emailed me, I was like, Hey, you know, I I usually don't talk about this, but maybe it's going to be healing for me and healing for your listeners. And so literally a week ago, I had my first EDMR session about that experience. And so that's just one example of the healing yeah. road. And, yeah. um, Alan, and thank I, you yeah, for, so. thank you for sharing that. I just want to acknowledge that was really, really brave and strong. And, um, I'm really grateful that we have a safe space here to tell our stories because you're right. When we bring dark things to light, that's how the healing can get in. And that's how I think the Lord works. And I, 
I just want you to know that your story is safe here with us in our community. And for sure, we hold that really tenderly and we treasure your trust here to, to unpack that. I also want to say how awesome it is that you did EMDR and this, the timing of all of this. That's so cool. I want to hear a little bit more about that. I also wanted to just say, you brought up a really great point, Allie, like our healing journeys, they're lifelong and there's hills, there's valleys, there's fast points, there's slow points. But one thing for sure is that most of us who have experienced trauma in our lives, it's not just a one-time event. A lot of times we we really focus and we hone in on one part of our story because we think, well, that was the worst part, or maybe it wasn't even the worst part. We don't want to acknowledge the worst part. So we'll talk about this other thing that happened with like this person that, you know, I don't really have a relationship anymore, but like. Now we have this part that I do have a relationship with this person, so I don't want to talk about it. Or maybe it was like you said, like this one piece that just didn't feel like you could name it. A lot of times I think Mm -hmm. survivors, especially of sexual abuse or sexual assault, um, it's hard for us to label what happened to us for Mm -hmm. many reasons. We think we shouldn't have been there. Like it was somehow our fault or, you know, I liked the attention. So I guess part of me wanted it, but I just didn't want it to be like that. I just want to be like this. So it's like, I can't really label it because I somehow feel like I'm to blame. And so it takes time to get to some of those other parts of our trauma. And that's why I say healing is a lifelong journey because so often healing involves little side roads. And like, we've been on this main highway for so long and we've really wrestled it out. We are on meds. We have done therapy. We've done EMDR. We've got a great community. I would know I'm not alone, but then it's like, we've got these little side gravel roads that we know are there, but maybe we don't want to acknowledge it. Or we didn't know it was there because we tried to push it out of our mind. And then eventually the highway gets to that place. And we're like, we need to sidestep it over here and look at this thing. And that is so beautiful, Ali, that you can acknowledge that. You know what I mean? You've been in ministry all these years. You've been working on all these things. You're an amazing bright light in the world. You're writing books, you're leading conferences, and you can still stand here today and say, I know that God has more healing for me. And I'm going to say this really hard thing and I'm going to step into therapy and do EMDR because I want more because I know God wants more for me. And why? Because I'm worth it. That's Mm. beautiful. So thank you. Mm. Thank you for saying that here on our podcast. I'm so proud of you. Okay, I just wanted to pause a moment to tell you about this community called Unleash that we keep referring to. If it sounds like a secret club, that's because it is. But if you're a survivor of childhood sexual abuse or sexual abuse or sexual trauma of any kind, you are personally invited. Unleash is an eight-week e-course. It features film, storytelling, personal contemplation exercises, and my favorite part, a safe online space where we meet virtually in small support group settings led by myself and other trauma experts where we openly discuss this lifelong journey of healing from sexual abuse. 
It's kind of like a book club, but like a really precious one. <laughs> a place where questions are welcome and your story, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, is safe. Maybe you've experienced some healing, but you long to be unleashed. I hope you'll consider joining us. Each group is limited to eight survivors. So head over to our registration page now and grab a seat. The website is iamonevoice.org slash unleash. And by the way, if you aren't interested in the support group part, but you want to just work through the videos and the ebook content at your own pace, we have that option too. It's right there on the website as well. This road of healing can feel pretty long, but we don't have to walk it alone. That's why we're here. And I hope you'll join us at one of our upcoming groups. More info at imonevoice.org slash unleash. What you said is an encouragement to me because until my last session with my counselor, um, gosh, a week ago or so, mm -hmm. I had never shared the details of that story with anyone. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where to sh share it. It was very confusing. I didn't have a name for it, for what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. my counselor just looked at me with tears on her eyes and she said, this was, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. 21. I was 17. Mm -hmm. Um, this was not okay. And I had never talked about that experience for over 10 years. Yeah. And so like you're saying, sometimes past experiences will come up and yeah. for whatever reason, we just deal with them at, at that right time. And I think it's no accident that you and I reconnected right about now. Um, and I, I do want to share something that that was helpful for me in this specific situation. I was getting inundated with um, a lot of troubling images um, from that terrible experience, that assault. Um, mm -hmm. And they were just automatically come to mind. And mm -hmm. I imagine this is a common experience among many survivors of mm -hmm. sexual abuse, assault, and rape. And I, I think God just gave me, um, just gave this to me. And I began to say, I am healed, pure, whole, and free. And I would say that over and over again. And mm -hmm. as I said, the word healed, I had a picture in my mind of myself with my amazing husband and our cute little dog. Mm -hmm. And then when I said the word pure, I had an image of myself on our wedding day in my white dress, wearing my white cowgirl boots. Um, and then when I said the whole word whole, I envisioned myself surfing into the sunset. And when I said the word free, I envisioned myself riding bareback on a horse into a field. And so anytime that image or that memory would come up, I've begun to say, I am healed, pure, whole, and free mm. and create this word picture in my mind. And so that has mm. been really helpful for me. I don't know if it's something yeah. other people do, but, yeah. and then since mm. that session, it's like those, I've been starting to feel better. So, yeah, I think affirmations like that can be really powerful. It's just like taking a deep breath and just reminding yourself, like, 
I'm not there anymore. I'm here. And this is who Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. It's speaking back to the lies I think that can come in without a welcome mat. (laughs) And we kind of force them back out with the truth. And that is true about you, Allie. That's so beautiful. And it's so you, the pictures, you're such an adventurous (laughs) spirit. I mean, I think I met you when you were like, friends with a million surfers like you had just had Bethany Hamilton or some somebody like that at your conference and I was just like these aren't my people but I wish they were <laughs> like <laughs> and, the, and the horse riding all that stuff like you're such an adventurous spirit and I love that that comes out because when all these lies and these old pictures that want to just bring you back down to those dark, dark places. You can say the truth of who you are and then you get a picture of who you are and that can carry us through. You know, we talk a lot in the healing journey and in just like therapy world and even um, spiritual life about both and, you know, balancing the both ands of life, the struggles of simply being alive, um, living with mental health condition, you know, with the joy of life and like the stuff you're talking about, the adventure, the beauty of nature and of God's creation and knowing that you're wonderfully made, but maybe not always feeling it. Right. How does that work for you? Do you, do you wrestle with that, that both and balance much? Is that hard? I think a lot of times, you know, it is hard. And I wonder if it is like, how, how do you manage that? What does that look like for you? So I'm sure many people have heard this before, but just the idea that joy and pain can coexist Mm -hmm. and not only do they exist individually, the pain or the joy, but they coexist simultaneously at the same time. And so for me in my life, that's looked like really, really amazing seasons, really amazing experiences. Um, I got to go to New Zealand with my husband. We did a surf trip in a van all around the North Island. I had a group always wanting to swim with dolphins and I got to swim with a dolphin in the wild for over an hour. And so Wow. <laughs> it was unreal. And, and that's just one example of one of the most beautiful moments of my life. Mm. And, um, you know, just being able to do the things that God has, mm-hmm. um, that God knows that make me come alive and mm. really pursue those and know that there's going to be really, really hard days. And, um, I've heard that term. I forget the author. Um, term life as brutal. Yeah. Um, the brutality yeah. of life, but the beauty of life. Mm-hmm. And so life truly is, I like her, um, that word. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I haven't really read any of her work and I don't really follow her writing much, but I do love what she said. Mm-hmm. Brutal. And Absolutely. that's it. That's how life is. Um, yeah. Behind my computer is um, a collage, a big collage of some of my highlights in my life. I have the picture of me with the dolphin. I have my husband and I with our surfboards together. I have a picture of me and my nieces and my dog and um, a picture of me speaking. And I look at these and I see this is the beauty of my life. 
And then I can look back at multiple hospitalizations, breakdowns, setbacks, and see how Mm -hmm. brutal that part of life was. Mm -hmm. But just as how I never thought I would make it out of those four walls, I never imagined as a girl that I could have so much joy, that Mm -hmm. I could smile again, that I could feel even more confident in my body today than I did when I was a young woman or have meaningful relationships or really truly live the life of my dreams. And, and life has been really, really hard, but it Mm -hmm. has been beautiful. And God has been really, really good to me Mm -hmm. and faithful to me through the valleys and the mountain peaks. Yeah. Oh, that is such a great response, Allie. Thank you. Thank you for just being so real about that. Um, your book, I think, is a really powerful um, place for, I think, especially young women to go. Um, it's like 30 short chapters that are just like power packed of just helping us discover what you're talking about. Like life is hard and you've got great stories in there, but then also like this is how we discover our true purpose. This is how we discover significance. This is how we can find our worth that doesn't come from all these outward things, but something that comes truly from the Lord and from within and um, what the the voice says that really matters. Right. And I think you did mm-hmm. a really, a really great job with that. Um, and each chapter you have this little section where it's kind of reflective, which is what I love is like personalizing, bringing it down to, you know, everyone's level of all these different topics. And you say each time it says, be still and be loved. Um, What does that mean to you? Hmm. What does that look like? Because you repeated it so much. I felt like it was very important to Mm -hmm. say it exactly that way. Mm -hmm. Stop striving. Mm-hmm. Um, stop trying to manage people's um, perceptions of you or pleasing other people. Shut out the noise in your head of those negative self-defeating thoughts. Shut out the noise of the media, of everyone's filtered reality shows on their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, come away and exhale and be still and know that at your worst, at your best, you are loved. And there is nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of God. One of my favorite quotes is by Brennan Manning, who is also one of my favorite authors. Mm -hmm. And he says, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is an illusion. And I think God's plan for us is really simple. It's to be loved and it's to enjoy him and to make his love known to other people. And as we discover our worth to um, let other people know about their own worth. And mm-hmm. yeah, and you're doing that. You've been doing that for 20 years, Allie. Gosh, I'm so Mm, grateful for you. Right right back at you, friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm grateful 
to know you, to have watched you and to know just so many lives that you've impacted up until now. And that, that just won't stop. And not only that, that you will continue to grow yourself, that this isn't something where so many, I think Christian celebrities are platformed and, you know, it comes across so egotistical and that is the opposite of who you are, Allie. Like as Mm -hmm. much as you are calling women forward to find their value, you are doing that every single day. You're fighting for that every single day Mm because you know, you've not arrived, you know, that God's not done with you yet. And that I think is such a beautiful part of being a leader in this culture is having the humility to say like, as I am calling you and speaking into your life and mentoring you, I too am walking this journey. I'm just a few feet ahead of you, right? And you're mm. holding your hand out to those behind you. So thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thanks for being a part of this. We love you so much, yeah. Allie. Um, I know that I'm going to be on your podcast soon. I'm so excited about yes. that. So for all of our listeners, yes. please check out in our show notes. We'll um, include a link to Allie's podcast as well as how to get her book. And then how would you like people to maybe find you, follow you, find information on you? What do you tell them? Well, I like to point everyone to our website because it's really made for you. It's really made for girls and women. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care if people follow my pictures of my dog or right. surfing or whatever. <laughs> I, I want them <laughs> I'd rather they follow, um, something bigger than that, that they be encouraged. Um, our website is wonderfullymain.org. We have over 150 podcast episodes, blogs, articles, um, the link to the book is there. Um, I'm not an avid social media user intentionally. I I strive for a life of digital minimalism actually. And Mm. I still have room for improvement, but, um, (laughs) that's where your peace comes from. Yeah. Having boundaries with technology has been huge for me. That can be a whole nother conversation, but my Instagram <laughs> is at Allie Marie Smith and ours for wonderfully made is at wonderfully made underscore org. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this was a beautiful conversation as I knew it would be. Thank you, Allie. Until next time. All right. Thanks friend. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.